Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Conan Esler, and today I'm here with Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. And Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, today we're going to discuss a paper extremely interesting. The title is Building Social Cohesion Between Christians and Muslims Through Soccer in Post-ISIS Iraq. The author is Salma Musa. She was at Stanford University at that time. And the idea behind the paper is that she tried to understand whether the contact between different people from Christians and Muslims could increase the social cohesion after the war in Iraq. So this is the idea of the paper. is a fantastic experiment that she has done there. And I'm pretty sure that everybody will be very interested in hearing us today. Yeah, I also think that's a very interesting paper. And for me, I have to thank you, Carlos, that you picked the paper today. I didn't know before that this paper existed. And for me, I like it so much because we've had many different topics here in this podcast, but it shows that you can look at sports topics that are not really relevant or not only relevant within sports, but outside sports as well. So we had esports topic and several others, but today we see a paper that's really relevant within sports, but also for many other fields. So that's why I really like this paper. And I think it's super interesting. Well, I mean, let, let's start to discuss about this. If Carlos want to say something, just interrupt me. The idea is that, as they say, she decided to analyze whether this social interaction between Muslims and Christians could improve like on-field and off-field off relationships. So the idea is to see whether the behavior toward their peers, so it means the behavior of Muslims toward Christians and mainly the behavior of Christians toward Muslims would improve using uh, experiment from a soccer tournament in Iraq. So she provides background after the offensive of ISIS in Iraq create this mutual mistrust between Christians and Muslims in Iraq, a social segregation between them. And she explained the idea that this interpotential intergroup cohesion, there's many social benefits and also many other goals like good for governance, good for economic development. So she decided to test whether football, and that's the reason that we are discussing here, so using a sport, could improve the society somehow. So she proposed a kind called like contact hypothesis that would be playing together like all Christian teams or mixed teams could then improve this social, this intergroup contract, having the football aiming to reduce these prejudice and increase the society. So. I guess in general, this was the introduction. It's a very short introduction. The methodology is fantastic. The results are very interesting. So, guys, come on and explain this to us. Thank you, Tadeo, for the super nice introduction. I think on my side, I have to explain a little bit the methodology. I will try to explain something that is actually very complex in a simple way. We don't have time to actually cover everything that the author had to go through to perform this experiment. But the idea is really cool. Basically, 
what she does is she puts people to play football together because this is something that we like and she wants to test whether this actually makes people see other people that have a different religion better right so if this improves our relationships to do that she uses 42 or 45 teams in iraq football teams and she takes the captains and tell them okay if you want to participate in this experiment that we are trying to do there will be three or four players that will join your team and they might be christian or they might be muslims and after this she has this nice setting where there are teams that only Christians play together, and she has teams where there are also Christians playing together with Muslims. This is the treated group. And what she wants to find out, if this treated group, when people play together with different religions, this actually improves the perceptions that the players have for the other group. To do that, to check the perceptions afterwards, that I already mentioned, the author creates two different sets of variables. On the one hand, she establishes on the field outcomes. These relate to how players see their teammates and if they are willing to some extent to help these teammates, the people that they have contact with, and then of the field outcomes. And this goes one step further. With this set of outcomes, she wants to see whether the people that play together with players from the other religion are actually willing to help people from this religion, but that they don't know. Right, they are strangers. Uh, Connor will tell us more about the results and what these outcomes actually are. But on the field outcomes, refer to awards that the players could give to other teammates, and uh, not to teammates, sorry, but to other players in different teams. And she was interested in how likely it was for a player to choose another player with a different religion. Also, if they would be willing to register to play with a mixed team nest in a different league the next year and the third outcome whether these players would have any contact after six months with players from the other religion and of the field outcome they go as i said one step further and this relates to attending social events this relates to using vouchers which is actually money in restaurants that would be christians or muslims or check whether these participants would donate money to institutions that are focused only on Christians or in Muslims and Christians all together. The randomization is complex in this experiment. It's not based on location. It's based on the attitudes that players have for the other religion. And I invite everyone that is interested in all these details to go and check the appendix, which is very extensive, because in this podcast, we don't even have time to start talking about all this. So, Connor, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the actual results? What did they find? Yes, Carlos, I can do that. So first, I think you did a really good job of explaining the method, because it's not super easy for this paper. But for me, the method was also something that convinced me that this is a really nice research project and a real nice research paper because I think that often researchers in sports science, they focus either on off the field or on the field outcomes. And this is what I really like here. So she really combines them. And then one of her approaches is also longitudinal. So with the question with the six month afterwards. So it's not only if you look at something right now, but for a longer term perspective. So I think just from the setup, this is such a nice way to do it. And for the results, I'm going to focus on first 
on the off-field outcomes because it's very easy to discuss them. So, and the author doesn't find any significant differences for the treated, so the mixed group and the control group. So, okay, you don't find this, but what about the on-the-field outcomes? And for me, they were very interesting because she found that for the treated group, so for the group with a mixed team, there are really big differences. So for example, treated groups do not mind playing with a mixed group in the next season. Treated groups do not mind having a Muslim player to receive a sportsmanship prize. And also they do not mind playing together with Muslims six months after the intervention ended. So those are all strong results. And this really convinced me that, okay, even if the off-the-field outcomes might not be that strong, the on-the-field outcomes really show you that there was something in this experiment. And then if you come from sports science and you know some more research, then you know that many researchers are focusing on red and yellow cards. And this was something that even though it's not a huge result in the paper, and she just mentions it, I think in one or two sentences, so she does not find that there are differences between the groups between red and yellow cards. I thought this was interesting because you could imagine that one group would behave differently, but she didn't find that. So this is only a brief summary of the results because in general, if you have a look at the supplementary data that she has and the additional analysis that she ran, there's a lot more in that. But for me, those were the main results. Tadeo or Carlos, do you have something else that you would like to mention? Now that you've mentioned the set of results and also to talk a little bit more again about the complexity of all this, I would like to recall a couple of points that we find in actually the appendix, no? how complicated it was to organize all these teams in all these leagues. And in the appendix, we have all the details, right? Like how long the games took. How much time did they spend playing? Was usually like 60 minutes. We have details like that. And also the fact that most of the players, they had to play roughly the same number of minutes. So coaches were actually told to allocate the same number of minutes to all players. So, and they do this because it's really a complicated setting. It's, we are talking about post-war and they have to take a lot of steps. The ethical approval for sure. And to set all this in a way that they would minimize the negative impact on the people that would actually participate in the experiment. And regarding this, for example, so Muslim players in the mixed groups were only 25%. They didn't want to go any higher with this proportion to avoid any problems. And also all these Muslims are also people that were displaced because of this war in Iraq. And yeah, so there are many, many details that we can read about it and that I invite everyone to, to do. Also, they created a parallel league where people had no contact with Muslims at all. And yeah, I think it's a very cool idea to go and check all these details. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Carlos. And what I liked as well, I mean, we too, we, we ran together a few field experiments now. We know how this works. And for us, doing it on a lot smaller basis you know and what we do is is super extensive in our research and it takes us ages but it's on a really a smaller scale so i was impressed by the amount of work that must have been invested into this paper yeah me too 
and I wanted to give a lot of credit to the to the author and all the people that worked together in the paper. Just a really brief comment at the end is like, I mean, it's very nice to see the on-field results that playing with different religion provide this social integration in the team. And somehow it's sad to know that didn't provide anything positive in the off-field. And I was just wondering that if we investigate a bit less extreme situation, not necessarily post-war, but smaller conflicts between religions, cultures, and so on, perhaps in these particular situations that are not very extreme, the such sportive experiment could somehow improve the relationship between these different groups. I guess it would be very nice to think about it. That is a great point. That the contact theory actually works, and in sports we have to explore it. That's great. Cornell, Tadeo, thank you very much. This is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly piece of sports. Stay tuned. Bye-bye.